the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Tyson, as I often do, I'm looking around my office trying to figure out what's going to be my hack of the week when we get to the end of the show. <laughs> That's pretty funny because as you were saying that, I was just thinking, shit, I didn't come up with a tip. So uh, That's all right. I, well, we got, we got 30 minutes. I'm sure our, our wonderful guest today will help spark some ideas in our head of what to share. I'm sure. I am sure that is true. So let's jump right in. Let's introduce our guest. So our guest today is a longtime friend of the show, a wonderful guild member, a great lawyer down in Alabama. His name is Nathan Harris. His mom is from Ecuador and his dad was in the Peace Corps in Ecuador and they met and then Nathan came along and he's been a lawyer down in Alabama focusing on the Hispanic community. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you all for having me here. Appreciate it. Nathan, so tell us and the listeners about your journey and how you got to where you are now. So my journey started in the 70s, as Jim was alluding to with dad and the Peace Corps. It's kind of cool. Dad's sitting out on my, I've got a deck right off my office. He came to visit me this afternoon. He's sitting out there smoking his pipe, drinking tequila, just hanging out with me this afternoon. But it started with him going into the Peace Corps in the 70s to Ecuador, actually in like an agricultural role. It was teaching, um, was supposed to be teaching the folks down there how to raise chickens and how to raise cows. What he was doing was drinking beer, counting sunsets and chasing pretty girls. So I I can't blame him. Uh, I mean, if I was in his shoes at that age, I would have done the same thing. Um, But he met mom at an embassy party because mom was of a class much higher than he was. Her family was in the ruling government at the time. Uh, It was a military dictatorship. And so she grew up with you know, all sorts of help, all sorts of drivers and and whatnot. But they met, he tricked her into coming back to rural Alabama and they had a bunch of kids. They were serial entrepreneurs. At one point they had five children and six businesses going at the same time, two locations of a insurance brokerage, two locations of a pizzeria and two locations of a video store back in the eighties and nineties when that was like a lucrative thing renting out videos. But I always saw clients coming into the insurance office that needed help and that were getting screwed over by insurance companies. And my family being Hispanic, I always saw immigrants 
getting screwed over, not just by insurance companies, but by everybody, especially here in Alabama. Everybody loves to hate on immigrants in Alabama. And so I decided to go to law school, graduated, passed the bar. It was the height of the recession in 2010. Nobody was hiring. I couldn't work for free at that point. Just, just nobody was hiring. Went out, started my own thing, did that for about 18 months. A local lawyer had pity on me, said, come work for me. Learned how to do some civil cases, learned a lot about criminal, uh, learned about, a lot about trials and how to help people uh, through the courts and through um, those kind of things. And then I moved to where I am now in Birmingham, came to um, the firm where I'm at now, Abogado Centro Legal. Uh, I had a partner for several years and then um, ended up buying the firm from him. We had a very good case. He ended up with a good lick and he decided that he wanted to get out of being a lawyer. So he took his money, my old law partner that is, and he started a medical funding company. So when there's clients that don't have access to you know, medical care. Uh, he is put together a network of doctors around the country where they can get the medical care that they need. And it really helps the value of the case and it really helps the client get the medical care that they need after a car wreck um, is kind of what they're focused on. So that really helps my clients because about 99% of undocumented immigrants are 100% uninsured in terms of health insurance. So that really helps my clients as well. But our firm, uh, my firm, has always been focused on the undocumented Spanish-speaking immigrant for as long as I've been associated with it, and primarily in three areas, personal injury, some labor law cases, and then immigration, because every one of my clients, every one of our you know, target market has an immigration problem. So I got a question for you. With yes. such a heavy Spanish-speaking clientele, are some people surprised when they find out your name is Nathan Harris? Like, does that sort of throw people for a loop? <laughs> um, you know, no one's ever said that. Like, oh, you've got a really gringo-sounding name or anything like that. Not really. But what they really find funny is that my first name is Edward, not Eduardo. And so, you know, nobody's really been thrown for a loop, but I get called all sorts of things too. Nathan, Nissan, Nathan's just not a very common name in Latin America. So following up on that, I mean, we had a hot seat a couple months ago in the guild and you talked about how you market your firm to the Latino immigrant community. Could you just tell our listeners a little bit about some of the cool things that you do to market to your clientele? Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like I'm scratching back through my memories now. What did I say on that guild hot seat? But we do a, a mixture of traditional kind of some guerrilla marketing things in terms of magnets that we've passed out over the years in tiendas, um, Mexican stores. And then we do a lot of digital. And But we really focus on not only being just in the community, but being a part of the community. You know, we've really been hitting for the last couple of years saying we're not just in the community. We're not just your lawyer, but we're also Hispanic. We have Hispanic hearts. We're here for the community because that's who we are. So, Nathan, in your questionnaire for the podcast, you'd mentioned one of the things you wanted help with was scaling up. And so I guess specifically, what are some of the struggles you're having when it comes to scaling the firm? You know, it's always difficult, I think, to try to find the right people to put into the right seats. And I'm so glad that, that Wendy's here with us today, my marketing assistant, because we've looked for a long time to try to find that right person to put in that seat, especially 
someone that is truly bilingual, truly bicultural, and understands the plight of our clients in a very real and authentic way. So finding people, finding people is hard, even before the great, not great recession, but great whatever walkout that we're in now happened. It's always been very, very difficult to find the right people to fit in those seats. So let me follow up on that, Jim. I guess, what is it about that specific role that you need to find someone for? Is that something that you find that's just taking too much of your time? Do you think that's what's going to accelerate your growth the most? Like why that, why specifically that position? The marketing assistant position? Right. Yeah. I think it'll absolutely accelerate the growth because I love marketing. I mean, I really like it. Uh, I dig it. It's what I like to do. I think I'm a better marketer than I am trial lawyer, than much better marketer than I'm manager of people. But there's just not enough of me to go around. You know, I've got three kids, a young wife, you know, X, Y, Z that all of us have pulling us in a million different, you know, different areas. But I've got all these ideas that I want to implement and all these marketing ideas that I want to do. But I can't be at events every weekend and be at seminars every weekend, and be with my family every weekend. And so it's just getting pulled in too many different directions. Do you have a leadership team, Nathan, or is it everybody, are you the center spoke that everybody comes to to ask stuff? Yeah, we do not have, I do not have a leadership team. And that's something that we, you know, at the Mastermind Day that, that I kind of see that I need to start focusing on. And so I've got the book traction and EOS, looking at that and and how that can be implemented in the firm. But no, I don't have a leadership. I'm in the middle and and everybody's kind of going off that. You know, Tyson, that's something we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about. But one of the things that's really made a huge change for us is, you know, our leadership team now is up to four people. So, you know, obviously it's Imani, my spouse and the law partner, and then Adela, who's been with me since day one, and then Laura Clark, who's just a flat out rock star. So just having that I mean, having people to talk to, having people to bounce ideas off of. And when Nathan said, I have lots of ideas that I want to implement, one of the great things about the leadership board at our firm is that they tell me no for most of my ideas, right? Like I have so many ideas that one of the great gifts that they give me is telling me, you know, focus on this for the quarter, maybe do that next quarter, maybe never do that. So, and then the other piece is, that center spoke is a real trap. It's a real trap that a lot of law firm owners get into. I was certainly in that place for a really long time. And I think that as far as your issue, Nathan, with finding the right people, I've really come to believe that our job as law firm owners is to find quality people, see what their unique ability is, their special sauce, the thing that they're really, really good at, because most people are only really, really good at one or two things. And then moving them into that area as opposed to trying to fill positions, fill positions, fill positions, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. And that's why when I first looked at EOS, I was like, well, I need to get my wife involved. My wife is a great manager. She'd be great at operations. The problem is we got three young kids at home and she is doing that. We managing that. Our kids. Yeah, exactly. And she's doing a great, awesome job at it. But she just doesn't have the capacity to come in and do that with the firm, too. And we had a conversation probably two weeks about that. And she's like, I can either do that or I can be at the house managing that. And, you know, as much as I love my firm, I love my kids more. And so we're going to continue to invest in that and keep doing that and find somebody else to help take on that more management HR role here in the firm. But at the same time, I've got 
you know, we've restructured our immigration practice where my immigration attorney is the now the head of that practice. And it's going to look like a triangle going down from there where he's the face. He, he's the go to guy for that practice. And then my PI associate, she's going to be the same way. It's going to start with her and go down. I'm still in the PI world because we handle some complex cases, some larger you know, seven and eight figure cases that I like to stay involved in when we refer those out for client purposes and for referral lawyer purposes. So I, I do stay involved in the firm on that part. So. so I know that you're doing the EOS now, Nathan. I know that the majority of the people in the guild do uh, EOS, but I actually just so happen to have my scaling up the the people, the function accountability chart, the scaling up uses very similar systems. But what I like about what, what I like about scaling up is it gives you the different functions for the vast majority of companies, and you can change these a little bit. So you've got head of company, marketing, R and D slash innovation, sales, which we've changed to leads team, operations, treasury, controller, information technology, human resources, talent development slash hiring, customer advocacy, and then we added one also called legal advocacy. And then they also, which I think might find you might find interesting, because you've got uh, the immigration component plus the the injury component, where you actually also will point heads of different business units because you have different business units. Yeah. And as we're launching our estate planning practice, we'll have a different business unit as well. So I, I just do, I, I, it is something you might want to look at it uh, just to see if maybe that, that, that might fit well for you. But as you begin, it looks, it sounds like you, you're starting to put the people in place, which I think is fantastic. What ultimately is your goal for the firm? Like, wh- what do you, and I don't really want to get into the vision stuff. You know, we don't need to get into, the, into that, but what is your, ultimately your goal for the firm? What do you want it to look like in five years? Uh, it's funny. I was on Joey's podcast earlier today and I used a metaphor and I think it might be a bad metaphor because of the connotations that it has with it. And Wendy over here to my right is laughing, but you know, it, it might end up looking kind of like a cartel. And that's not because I've got, you know, associations with the cartel or anything like that. But, you know, there's a guy at the top. But before Pablo Escobar got, you know, brought in on the drunk driving charge or whatever, and they got his mugshot, nobody really knew what Pablo looked like. Okay, so there was kind of this amorphous head to this big organization. And, and maybe Xerox is a better, better company to go with instead of the, the Colombian cartels. But there's a big organization that's out there. And I want to be the organization in Alabama that's fighting for immigrants, doing some great, great work through immigration and through PI, with me at the very head of it, kind of moving pieces in the background. But I don't have any um, desire to have my face on a billboard in, in Times Square, you know, like John Morgan. I don't have, you know, my ego doesn't need that much stroking. That's so funny because I was in Times Square last Saturday and I said to Tyson that one day my face was going to be up on that billboard. Yeah, so I, must, yeah, yeah I remember I, that. I, I must have that ego. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. 
For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is Nathan Harris, Abogado Nathan. We're really glad to have him. And, you know, obviously we talk a lot in the guild and in the big group about niching down. And I think it's interesting that you have a niche for sure. There's no doubt about it. It's just, it's not a vertical niche. It's a cross-population niche. And so how do you get the two to work together, the two practice areas? Yeah. So it's kind of like we have picked our people group that we're going to work with. And that avatar. And for me, it's a, you know, undocumented immigrant that's here in Alabama that's between 16 and 65. They work in construction. They may live in a dangerous area of the city. They definitely have a dangerous job. And it's just a high calamity group of people. And that's who we want to help. And that's who calls us. That's who all of our marketing is 100% focused on. All of our marketing is in Spanish in laser focused on that people group. And so we help them with the personal injury, we help them with the immigration, and we help them with overtime and minimum wage violations in-house. But we also get a lot of other calls for criminal defense and property issues. And, you know, somebody, you know, hasn't paid me for two weeks and it's not an overtime minimum wage issue. It's just a contract issue. So we've got a group of other lawyers that we trust, that we know will do a good job and take care of our immigrant group that we got here in Alabama and kind of send that out. So that's how we're, we've niched down on that immigrant group, not necessarily our practice areas, but at the same time, we don't take any cases outside of our three practice areas. If they don't fit in our pigeonholes, that's not where we're an expert at. So that we're not going to take that case. We're going to send them out to other experts. So Nathan, have you ever thought about taking and just getting rid of some of these practice areas, like one or two of them, and just focusing on one thing. And why not, if you've not? And by the way, I've changed my profile picture. based on. Oh, I thought that was you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, but what is your, uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on, on, on getting rid of a practice area? Yeah, well, I've thought about that. And the one that we do, the we actually don't have any overtime and minimum wage cases right now because I've set the bar so high on the what, it will take to get us involved in one because they're just so difficult in terms of their time suck. Time suck on my time, time suck on my associate's time. So we still advertise that we do those because there's still a lot of issues going on with those. But over the years, we filed over 200 individual FLSA actions. And through that, we've been able to effectuate change in mid and North Alabama, the way that the Mexican restaurants, the Chinese restaurants, the hotels are paying these immigrants. And so now it's not nearly as big of a problem as it was, say, six, seven years ago when we were really blowing and going in that practice area. So we're not really doing anything in that group, but we still advertise that we still keep it on everything because people know us by that work we've done and by those results we've gotten. In terms of immigration, I don't really want to get rid of that. I know that we have a big group of immigrants and immigrant clients that we represent in that practice area. And so 5 to 10% of our PI cases are direct referrals from our immigration cases. So they have a case in each practice group. But in addition, that doesn't take into account to family members that they refer to us, to friends they refer to us. Some of our biggest, you know, seven 
figure cases come from we represented them in an immigration capacity five years ago. They remember that we were there for them, that we helped them, we fought for them, and they trust us. Even when there's other lawyers here in Alabama that are running that case, knocking on their door, trying to get them to sign up with them, they call us, ask us to come out, ask us to help them with that. That's awesome. Nathan, uh, I believe we've talked before about you have outsourced some of your team that you don't have your entire team in the United States. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we've got two team members that are in South America. One is through Sandy Vans group. And we do a lot of PI kind of some, some smaller PI cases where there's a, a property damage component. And so we've got her in charge of negotiating that property damage component. And that's because all of our clients that are involved in a car wreck are always pissed off because their car's messed up. And so I didn't want to be that lawyer and say, where we can't help you with your car, go do that yourself. I want to help our clients 100%. So she's with us, you know, she's, I think she's working 35 hours a week, maybe 40 hours a week at this point, almost handling just property damage stuff. But it, makes our clients happy that they've got somebody there helping them move that process along. It's not getting stuck, that they'll send the documents to our office, that they'll get signed, somebody's negotiating on their behalf. And and there's not a whole lot of negotiation being done. Tyson probably knows this on a property damage settlement. It's real easy to see, hey, a 1996 Camry is worth $3,000. Here's 10 of them that they found for sale in this geographic location. And so this is the price we're going to offer. And then in addition to her, that her name is Catherine, that does our property damage settlement, I have a guy in Bogota, Colombia. He used to be in-house here for years and years, and he decided to move back, get married, start a family, be with his family in Colombia. So he works directly for us, but from Colombia. He has, for the last nine years, he's worked virtually for us. So a long, long time. He does the National Visa Center stuff. He does a lot of the stuff where they need to go through embassies and consulates and the immigration stuff that we don't have to have him in the office for. And he also helps with the marketing stuff as well. I sent him to some marketing, uh, digital marketing courses there at the University of Bogota in Colombia. And so he was going to class at night, working for us during the day. I was paying for all of it. Uh, it's a lot cheaper to go to university there in Colombia than it is here. Um, and so he knows how to do a, a lot of that social media marketing and is a lot better at it than I am. All right. At the risk of putting us over time, I'm still going to ask another question. You are always really upbeat, like really upbeat, and you don't seem to struggle with much. So I'm going to ask this question. Okay. What, what is it that you do struggle with? Because not everything is as great as in every firm as you make it seem. Like you have a very positive attitude. And everything seems to be going great for you. Tell me, like, what is it that you're struggling with? I struggle with stress and I struggle with my weight. So if we can figure out how to take those out of my life, that would be great. No, I mean, there's always daily struggles, but you no, know, you just can't be too serious with yourself. Can't be too serious with your firm. All right. So my last question is, I know, Nathan, that you spend a lot of time thinking about running your firm. I know you're in the guild and you're in other groups too. Why is it important for law firm owners to have that growth mindset and to you know, work towards making their firm better? Well, we have an obligation 
not just to ourselves, but we have an obligation to our employees. We have an obligation to our clients. We have an obligation to our communities as lawyers, I think. And so I think that I need to be able to run my firm as well and as efficiently as I can to be able to get the best results for my clients as we can, and especially for our immigrant group here in Alabama, because there's just not a lot of people trying to help immigrants in Alabama. All right, Nathan, I know that by the response to my question, how short it was, given how long your other responses have been, we we need to dig back into that in the guild at some point. (laughs) So um, I am going to wrap things up because we are going to be over time if I don't. Uh, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big group and on Facebook. You've not done so already. We've got over 5,000 members, a lot of great information being shared. If you want a more high-level conversation, join people like Nathan in the guild. Go to maxlawguild.com. Make sure you get your tickets to the conference, uh, maxlawcon2022.com, before those prices go up. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? As I predicted, Abogado Nathan did not let us down, and I came up with my hack of the week. And that is, there's a great TED Talk and a great chapter in Stephen Levitt's book about how drug dealers run their business like McDonald's. If you haven't read Freakonomics, it'll blow your mind on things to think about. But Nathan is right that there are a lot of lessons to be learned in how to run your business, whether your name is Ray Kroc or Pablo Escobar. So I highly recommend at least watching the TED Talk, if not reading the book. I love Stephen Levitt. Stephen Levitt is so good. His podcast is fantastic, too. So good stuff. All right, Nathan, what is your tip or hack of the week? I forgot I was supposed to come up with one. So the tip or hack of the week, I'm going to just shoot off the cuff here is to listen to the Max Law podcast and get those golden nuggets out of there and implement them into your firm. Love it. So I got the cheat because our good friend, Jay Ruane, sent me a text with a, because he's watching <laughs> with the tip of the week. So it's fantastic. He gave me one. By the way, Fantastic product, finalized. Go to maxlawaccountability.com to get the finalized product. It's a great accountability tool, so check it out. But that's not the tip. The tip is lorman.com, L-O-R-M-A-N.com. And they're having an all-access pass sale this week for Thanksgiving. And you can buy the pass and give to your staff to learn things they can use. And Jay says things like how to use Adobe. Let your office manager take classes on how to effectively and legally fire someone, how to manage if you're an introvert. So a lot of great classes. So I'm going to check this out myself. So thanks for that tip, Jay Ruane. So I'm going to try that out. I think uh, my team are going to have a lot of fun with this. So uh, thank you very much. So that's my tip of the week. Nathan, thank you so much. We've been wanting to get you on forever. So we finally got you on. And this is great. Thank you for having me. Thanks, buddy. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.